0: Uncommon Commons is a horror anthology podcast written and recorded by George Plank and Alex Vitale. Content warnings can be found in the episode description. Today's story is I Belong, written by George Plank.
1: What is all this?
0: Knock, knock. Guess who brought flowers and oh god, what are you doing?
1: Jane, thank god. Help me get this IV out.
0: No, no, John, settle down. You need that. The nurse said so. Stop messing with it.
1: Nurse? Where am I? Is this some kind of hospital?
0: Oh no. No, 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 no. We're still in the apartment. (laughs) You thought we could leave. (laughs) But you're really sick. Don't you remember?
1: I feel fine. You look awful, though. Was your skin always that purple?
0: I'll pretend that wasn't rude. I assure you, you are very ill. But I have something that'll cheer you up.
1: You went through my mail? Isn't that a federal offense?
0: Yes! It seems we both got something from our mysterious benefactor. Here, have at it. Jane? Yes?
1: Why is it bloody?
0: Don't worry about it. Go on, read.
1: To whom it may concern... What's wrong with me? Am I normal? What even is normal? Milton's mind was a blur with questions, small intrusive thoughts that would not give him a moment's peace. He sat patiently in the waiting room of the local hospital. He didn't know what was wrong with him or if there was even anything wrong with him. He woke up in the middle of the night with some discomfort in his abdomen, and immediately he assumed the worst. Milton was prone to such flights of fancy. As a child, he would stay home from school if he felt so much as a breeze hit him the wrong way. Several employers felt that with his persistent use of sick days, he would be better suited away from their day-to-day operations. And even now, he treated his insurance card like someone might treat a season pass to a theme park. He had searched for his symptoms online, and every result from head cold to cervical cancer popped up. And while he doubted he had cervical cancer, he just couldn't rule it out. His strongest symptom was the ever-impending feeling of dread. He felt every time his stomach made a new noise, or ached in some way. Milton had driven himself to the hospital because he thought it would have been difficult to convey how serious he thought the situation to be, especially if all he had to go on was that his stomach hurt a little bit. Now that he was safely in the confines of the waiting room, however, he was immediately glad that he came. His stomach pains had only gotten worse, and to top it off, he had developed an itch on the upper part of his arm. They were likely not connected, but he thought it would be a good idea to ask the doctor anyway. The desire to itch had only grown since Milton injured the building, but not more than ten minutes after he had handed over his forms to the receptionist, the burning, tickling sensation from the area was all that he could think about. Milton relented and reached up and began scratching at the afflicted spot, The relief was immediate, and the sensation was pure bliss. He cracked a smile and closed his eyes as one sensation eased another. Just as his eyes were fully closed, however, Milton heard a small chuckle from across the room. His eyes shot open, and he tried to pinpoint where the sound came from. He saw a young woman with a smile on her face, looking in his general direction. When she saw him looking at her, her eyes shot down, and her face was pressed into the magazine that she had been flipping through. Milton also looked away. "'but he heard someone whispering something. "'It was coming from a couple seats down from him. "'There was no one else obstructing the view "'of the two octogenarians who were quietly gossiping away, "'stopping only to breathe and to sneak another peek "'in his general direction. "'Milton had been in this situation before, "'but that had never stopped his mind from racing "'at a million miles a second. "'Are they talking about me?' "'Why are they talking about me? "'Is it the scratching? "'Do they assume I have the plague?' Self-consciousness was the name of the game, and Milton was playing center on the varsity team. Milton shot upright in his seat and stopped scratching. Now he intently stared forward and tried his best to look normal. He decided that the calendar behind the receptionist's desk would be the best anchor for his sight, and he tried to stare it down. It did nothing to stop the whispers, however. He dared not look around for the fear of catching someone's eye, but the hushed tones and the giggles began to build, and the dull tingle from his itchy spot only made them echo louder. The cacophony of breathy voices, chuckles, and chortles were immediately silenced when he heard his name distinctly called out amongst the den. The orderly stood in the doorframe with a clipboard. Her half-rimmed glasses pushed down the bridge of her nose. Milton wanted to run up and give her a hug, but was very worried about the optics of the situation, so instead he casually stood up and sauntered over to where she stood. She led him down the long white corridors of the hospital to the examination room and told him that the doctor would soon be with him. To Milton's great surprise, the doctor was there within a minute. Dr. Ramirez listened to his symptoms, performed a few basic examinations, and collected a few samples. Her professional opinion was that the stomach pains were nothing more than a minor case of gas. And while he could always see a dermatologist, the point of his irritation looked to be nothing more than a mosquito bite. Dr. Ramirez left to help her other patients, and Milton got dressed. A huge wave of relief washed over him, as it did every time he went to the doctor's office. He walked out of the examination room practically whistling. He was so giddy, in fact, that he didn't notice the orderly coming the other way and bumped right into her. Immediately he began to apologize, but something made him take pause. The look on the orderly's face was that of pure disgust and derision. She looked like she might burst a vessel if she was to spend even a second longer in the same room as him. She said nothing and hurriedly pushed past him. Milton retraced the steps he had taken to get to the examination room. He thought that perhaps he was overreacting in the waiting room earlier. It was silly of him to assume that the others were talking about him. People are free to laugh and whisper as much as they like. With his newfound courage, he pushed open the door to the waiting room. As soon as he walked through the door, every eye in the room was locked on him. The voices that were laughing and whispering before were silent. Then slowly, they all began to stand up. An older woman by the door was the first to speak. "'How dare you,' she chided. "'How dare you waste not only the doctor's time, "'but all of ours as well?' A younger man joined in. "'This is a place for sick people, "'not for people like you. "'You don't belong here. "'Why did you come here?' "'Every eye, every finger, and every voice "'was aimed square for Milton, "'scolding and chastising his very presence.' What once were mere whispers were now a deafening roar. Milton raised his hands to his ears. It was all he could do to regain a little bit of his autonomy. He ran towards the exit, through the sliding glass doors, and out into the parking lot. Tears were welling up in his eyes now. Between him covering his ears and the world around him becoming a blurry, wet mess, there was no way that he could have possibly seen the car that hit him. Weeks later, Milton sits, content in the waiting room of the hospital. Most of his body is now in a cast. He cannot move on his own, and all of his meals are through a tube. But the relief he feels is incredible. He feels like he earned his place here, and that cannot be taken away from him. A woman walks in. She looks like she is on the verge of a panic attack, and her eyes are darting around the room nervously. She takes a seat, and she starts sneezing uncontrollably. The woman sitting closest to Milton looks the girl up and down, and then looks at Milton. She leans in. What do you think's wrong with her? Well, that was certainly... something.
0: I guess, if you're into that kind of thing.
1: Uh, 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 What about you? Did you receive any mail?
0: Yes, actually. Uh, do you mind? I don't want to tire you out. By all means, be my guest. First, do you need anything? Glass of water, juice, more morphine, fresh sheets, embalming fluid?
1: Uh, water, please.
0: Sure thing, coward. uncommon commons is a podcast it was recorded and written by alex vitale and george plank our theme song is written by charles adam robinson contact us on twitter at un or zero null street at gmail.com stay and remember nothing is real